Welcome to From the VC's Bookshelf, a podcast from TBR, the College System of Tennessee, the state's largest higher education system. In this series, we examine how we might re-envision the work we do and how we work together as we move into a post-pandemic world. Please join our host, Dr. Heidi Lemming, Vice Chancellor for Student Success, as she leads a live discussion with industry experts and leaders throughout our system. Right, we're happy to start this next podcast in our series focused on themes from the book Failing Forward in Student Affairs Using Missteps to Guide Next Steps, edited by Lisa Endersby. The book is a compilation of personal stories from higher education practitioners. All of the stories have a common theme in that the authors open up about professional failures. The editor takes a new twist, however, as Endersby states the focus is on failure not as an action but rather as an emotion, an identity, and a place where everyone seems to find themselves returning to over and over again. So in this series, I'm interviewing TBR faculty and administrators to add to the collection of stories found in the book. Interviewees are asked to reflect on how their missteps have defined themselves and became teachable moments. So with that purpose in mind, I'm inviting everyone to fall forward with us today as I talk to Pam Bingham. Uh, she is our 2023 TBR Advisor of the Year Award recipient, and she has worked in higher education for over 30 years and has earned a reputation as an advocate for students every step of the way from onboarding to commencement. So I'm sure you're going to have some good stories to share with us today with 30 years of, in working in higher education. Pam currently serves as the Student Services Coordinator at TCAT Dixon but she has previously worked at TCAT Paris as well, and she's frequently tapped to serve on system-level working groups to improve processes and procedures for our colleges, students, faculty, and staff. One of the most impactful statements in the nomination packet for Pam to receive this award was an example of how she worked to support a student. And I know she's probably tired of hearing this example, but I think it's really, <laughs> it's really impactful. So I want to share this with our listeners today. Um, the reflection on that moment, and this is from the student, I recently had a struggle outside of class affecting my school. I have suffered with being an alcoholic, an addict, and had been sober for some time. I walked into the nominee's office one morning needing to talk with someone, but was nervous. The nominee was the only person I felt comfortable enough to speak with about my current situation. I broke down in tears as I told the nominee about my relapse and desire to be sober again. I just knew when I told the nominee about this, they would be very surprised. But instead, it wasn't that she was surprised. The nominee listened to everything that I had to say. The nominee comforted me and offered resources to help me stay on track with my sobriety and help me with a referral to Wellvia. We came up with a plan together on how to stay in school and be successful. This story made quite an impression on our selection committee for Pam to receive this honor, um, and even moving some of the members to tears. And you know, one of the things when we're talking about failing forward, so we all have setbacks, and I think this was a student setback, but you were there as an advisor to help support them. Uh, so. You know, I just want to highlight that because we're honoring the folks who work in our system who do this every day in various ways, 
This is just one example, but it's a powerful example of the work that advisors do. Thank you. So, I, yeah, I wanted to highlight that. When you hear this student story, and this wasn't you know, necessarily something I had you think about in advance, um, but when you hear this stu- student story, you know, what comes to mind for you and like your, your purpose, your role on campus? Cause so yeah, yeah, you know, that's what we're there for. Um, we see students in all walks of life, um, all stages of their life. They're dealing with lots of obstacles. Some things are just unimaginable. Um, things such as what he mentioned, you know, ha- falling back into alcoholism after being sober and just us being able to you know, have a safe space for him to come to, non-judgmental, and one where he could, you know, feel safe talking about a tough situation, and then having resources and being able to provide those to him so that he could stay in school. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the role that we we play each day, and um, we have to take that role very seriously because yeah. it impacts their life so importantly. Yeah. So as you know, as you think about your your years of service in higher education. Um, in this situation, was there, were you leaning into kind of thinking about how you maybe have dealt with similar things or is it just, I don't know, something internal, some (laughs) compassion piece, I guess, you know, help the listener understand, like, is this just something that everyone's going to have? I don't think so. I mean, you know, part of that is just being compassionate and having an active listening ear. But it also goes back to the qualifications for the, that is, is being intrusive and having an intrusive advising, which incorporates getting to know the students from the very beginning when they first walk in the door and just being able to, you know, develop a connection with them so that they do feel comfortable. Um, I know he said, I was trying to think of someone that I could talk to, and you were the only one because you had been so kind to me in the past. And so I came to you because I knew that I could trust you. And it's because we had developed that relationship from the very beginning when he first mm-hmm. walked in the door and just us developing that relationship and, um, you know, him feeling comfortable to come talk to me. Did that change over time for you as a professional? Is that something that you've just kind of learned along the way? I think, you know, it is something that you've learned, but I've always had that compassion side mm-hmm. um, and, and just wanting to help everyone, just help students and, and help them be successful. And I see the hard road that they have to take, you know, and, and what they have to give up and sacrifice to be there and be in school. And we want to do all we can to help them. And I feel like, you know, we, we evolve with that. Yeah. So, you know, certainly one of the themes from this book is the idea of transparency. So um, I appreciate you kind of spending some time with me today to kind of reflect on your career path and just personally, you know, any setbacks that you might have faced. Um, so, so again, thank you for that. Sure. Um, you know, one of the major pieces of telling a story about personal failure is understanding the background of the person who's uh, sharing that story. So I've just shared with our listeners your professional role um, as an advisor and being recognized for that this year. Um, but can you describe yourself to our listeners, maybe give them a little bit more uh, understanding of who you are? Sure. First of all, thank you for inviting me to do the podcast today. Yeah. Um, one of the main things that I think, you know, is not on a resume that you would want to know about me is how strongly I feel about my family. Um, very family oriented. Um, I am a daughter to two parents that were very loving and supportive of me and 
Um, I'm also a mom to a wonderful son and daughter-in-law and my fur baby, Hank, who's a cockapoo. <laughs> and uh, we enjoy going to the beach and going on cruises, and the beach is my happy place. Um, and so we like doing anything outdoors, um, going to SC soccer and Titans and all of that fun stuff outdoors. Yeah. Um, I also have, I uh, like to create designs. I have a t-shirt and craft business oh. on the side. So I enjoy doing that. Um, but as I was thinking about, um, and reflecting on who or what influenced me to be who I am today, mm-hmm. the resounding answer are my parents. Um, I'm a first generation college student. But they taught me things that college couldn't teach. Um, things like what it means to be a hard worker and dependable. They definitely instilled in me my um, strong work ethic and my Christian values. Um, they also taught me how to um, do it right or don't do it at all um, and give 100% all the time. And so with that, they, you know, they wanted me to have more. They wanted uh, me to have a better life. And so they sacrificed unselfishly for me to, to have that better life. And I feel like because of them being a role model to me and, and projecting that, that is what um, makes me want to pay it forward. And that's where I, I um, thrive in my career with the students because I'm wanting to work with those students. I'm wanting to be their advocate and empower them and, like I said, give them the resources and the guidance that they need to, to be successful. Um, you know, we've, we've got to take seriously the role that we play in their lives. And I think the most important day to me is graduation day because I get the honor of calling out their name and I see them start walking across the stage with this great big smile on their face. And I know what it took for them to get there. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's something worth celebrating. Yeah, that's great. I love how um, you're reflecting back on just how your background now influences your, your profession. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, one of the things that, again, we want to spend a little bit of time with talking on this uh, particular series is the idea of, of personal failure. So before we do that, I think it's always really important for um, whoever I'm interviewing to define that word for us, because it means different things, different people. So how do you define failure? So definitely failure has changed for me over time and it's evolved. Um, you know, when we're a child, we're thinking about, oh, I can't fail that test or that assignment, or I don't want to disappoint my parents. Um, but I think as we get older and we start, um, growing and maturing examples of failure definitely, um, change for us. Um, I know for me, you know, there's, there's examples like, um, you didn't get the job that you applied for. I've had that happen. Um, I did, you didn't make the team, you know, that you tried out for, um, you had a failed marriage. I've had that too. You know, Mm -hmm. we've, um, continually making the same mistakes over and over and not learning from them. Um, I feel like we live in a winning is everything society and we often read too much into our failures. It, helps determine our sense of self-worth and self-acceptance and self-esteem. And many times the expectations that we fail to meet are our own. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, I put a lot of pressure on myself, and, and I feel that applies to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we make the feelings of success contingent upon the outcome yeah. instead of just re, you know thinking about how proud we are that we tried, put forth that effort, and even though it didn't work out, we still gave it our all. Mm-hmm. So. 
um, to me, like I said, failure just is part of life, but it's definitely something that evolves. Yeah. So now as you're working with students, how do you explain that to them? So for them, I tell them, you know, there's a difference between failing and failure. Failing is um, trying something new and you determine that it doesn't work. But failure is giving up and not being willing to try again. Um, And I try to explain to them, you know, think about a photographer. A photographer moves the lens to get different angles of the same shot. So we've also got to um, change our perspective on failure and be willing to um, think about it in a different way so that we can move forward. Yeah. All right. So you have an example you want to share with us of something that you felt was a personal failure and how you, I guess, maybe learned from that? So like we said, you know, everybody's definition of failure is different. Um, So I want to put a little bit of a twist on on that definition today, on, on this example. Yeah. Um, I've always been the type of person that puts everybody else's needs before my own. Um, like I said, I'm a single mom, and um, I was determined that I was going to do everything I could to make sure that my son had a happy childhood and full of memories. So he played every sport. He played travel ball. He played karate, or he did karate, and he played the guitar. And so I wanted him to experience it all. And then there's my parents, who I'm very close to. And um, as their health declined, um, you know, they've always been there for me, so I wanted to be there for them. And so I would take them to their doctor's appointments, and I would take them and make sure that they got everything that they needed to have good quality of life. And then there's my career. You know, I'm passionate about that, and I want that to be successful, and I want to help our students, and I want to help staff and TBR and our colleagues and help them with banner issues and iPads issues, Mm -hmm. you know, and all those things that come about that maybe I can help somebody with. And all those things are good in in among themselves, but it didn't have a healthy balance for me. Um, I didn't have time to nurture and develop those relationships and friendships that were important to me. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I failed myself somewhat. Mm -hmm. And um, I was dealing with the struggle that I have to do it all and I have to keep it all together, kind of like the never let them see you sweat mentality. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like um, I failed by not being willing to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I've got them all in a good place now. My son is successful. Um, He has a... um, helicopter tour business here in Nashville, Aerolux Aviation, and um, he has a successful, happy marriage, and um, my mom is still showing me how to be resilient um, even after a massive stroke. She's still going on and and showing me how to not give up. So now that I have them in a good place, now it's time to focus on me. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thank you for opening up about that. Okay, so as you kind of think back over life and career, I mean, that was one example, um, you know, of, of how you've defined failure for yourself and it was not reaching out for help. Um, was there anything about um, a more consequential kind of issue that you can think of that has happened? Yes, so um, throughout my career, I've always known that I wanted to be in leadership. Um, but the job that I was in, it didn't allow for um, any advancement opportunities. I was continuing to develop my skills for leadership, like, you know, being on the TBR teams and committees and, and piloting programs and things. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I just felt like I was in a rut, and I wanted 
my life to have more of a purpose. And I felt like there just needed, there's more to life than this. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I needed a change. Um, But they say that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. (laughs) And so I'm not much of a risk taker. I'm more of a calculated risk taker. I want to think about all the scenarios and the what ifs and then work out all the kinks. And then I may or may not be willing to take the risk. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm trying to get better at that. Yeah. But um, there was a job opportunity that came available at TCAT Dixon. And it was to be the executive assistant to the president. And my son and wife, his wife was working in Nashville, and I knew I wanted to be closer to them. But then I started playing out all the what ifs in in my head. You know, there were so many uncertainties, like I've got to sell my house and, um, you know, where am I going to live? And you've lived in Paris your whole life. You know, and why would you leave a job of 27 years to go do something different? Um, But then I remembered, you know, don't be afraid of failing be afraid of not living. Mm -hmm. So I went for the interview and it went really well. Um, And I then started getting excited about the possibility of maybe a new career and a new town and um, new friends, making new friends. And so I got the call from Dr. Summers and she said, although you've interviewed really well and I wish I had another position because I really want you on my team, Mm -hmm. we've offered the the job to someone else. And so I was like, I was very disappointed and felt like I had failed. Mm -hmm. And so um, I started thinking about what could I have done differently? What, you know, what difference could I have made to to have gotten this job? And that's the positive part of failure is that we get to reflect on um, what we could strengthen so that maybe we could have a better outcome And then you have to be willing to take that chance and try again. Mm -hmm. So about four months later, I got that opportunity. And um, I saw another job posting for TCAT Dixon that was student services coordinator. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at the responsibilities and I'm like, wow, I've been doing this for 27 years. I'm going to apply. And so once again, um, I got the interview and uh, it went well. And uh, then I get another call from Dr. Summers. But this time she said I got the job. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was very excited about that. And um, she's been a wonderful mentor to me. And she is, um, her belief in me is part of the fuel for my success. Yeah. Um, but, you know, experiencing the pain, uh, it was hard, uh, that first failure of not getting that job. But without it, I would have missed out on the benefit of getting the job that was really right for me and all of the success that it's provided. Um, I mean, I'm here representing TBR as advisor of the year, and I'm here doing my first podcast. So, you know, (laughs) life is good. Yeah. Well, it's almost like a a bit of serendipity, right? And that was um, something that I always like to point out to folks when I'm talking about failure is sometimes it seems like a failure at that moment, but later on down the road, how things work out, you're like, no, this was really kind of meant to be. It was, because I was so much more ready for this job and, and more it was more in my responsibilities that I would have been used to mm-hmm. than the other one would have been and so I'm much happier being in this role yeah that's the way we fall forward and fail forward you know is by taking that chance and, and taking that failure and turning it into something positive yeah so how do your setbacks translate into what you tell your students just in general well we have students in all walks of life um we have high school students that come in and um, we, they don't know what they want to do with their life. Mm-hmm. And we have to try to guide them through that. And then we have um, maybe older adults that, you know, they may have lost their job during the pandemic. 
and they are looking for a new career to have a sustainable career for their family and provide for them. And then we have other students that, you know, they are so anxious they don't even want to come in the door and ask for help. Mm-hmm. And then we have those that maybe are academically challenged and, and they're looking for options because they can't make it in the classroom. And so that's when we just try to tell them, you know, that you've got to keep going, you've got to keep trying and, and not give up. And we're here to help you and we're going to provide those resources for you and um, just be there to support them and be their biggest cheerleader as they're going through it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So, um, again, kind of getting to the end of our podcast here, but um, would love to, to have you think about, you know, what final words of wisdom um, you might have to share with our listeners, um, particularly around this idea of failing forward and um, your life experiences and personal and professional. Yeah. So, you know, um, some pointers that I want to give to to those that, you know, are students or anyone that's failed is that um, you've got to be willing to put away that self-doubt and be willing to try again. And you've first of all got to define what success is to you. It's different for everyone. And until you know what that is for you, then you're not going to be able to set the goals that you need to reach that success. Um, And then, of course, just be resilient in the face of failure. And it's not about how hard you get hit, but it's how hard you get hit and you keep moving forward. And that's the part of failure that we've got to be willing to keep trying um, and just don't let the failure define you. Um, Failure is not usually the end of something, but the beginning of something new and and hopefully better. Um, I I heard one time that failure is the success in progress. Um, You may have had a mess, but now you have a message. You have wandered, but now you have wisdom. You may have experienced pain, but now you found a purpose. And so, you know, failure's a part of life. We're going to have to experience that. Um, But instead of focusing on the failures, how about if we focus on the strengths that we want to be remembered for? Things like um, honesty and forgiveness and bravery and dependability and perseverance. These are the things that really matter. And just always remember that it's okay to love yourself and still be a work in progress. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful way to end the podcast today. Thank Thank you you. so much, Pam, for taking time to talk with me. I enjoyed it. And congratulations again on being our 2023 Advisor of the Year. Thank you. I'm very honored. Thank you for listening to this edition of From the VC's Bookshelf, brought to you by TBR, the College System of Tennessee, powering the state's economy and changing the lives of thousands of graduates starting successful careers each year. To learn more about upcoming book selections or to register to attend discussions live, visit tbr.edu bookshelf.